This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, welcome into episode 35 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by my co-host, Gabriella DiGiovanni, and what a crazy weekend in terms of sports. I think this weekend seems like it was five days because there was so much going on in terms of, you know, the trades continuing, and then you had all of the soccer this weekend. So I had a fun time at work because there was never like a dry moment. I was literally working from the time I got in to the time I got off on something, right? Oh, I'm sure. It was so nuts. I think besides everything that was going on, there was also just kind of that anticipation and that wait for Sunday for the Women's World Cup Right. that was that was looming over all of us. But in the meantime, there was still just chaos the whole entire time from beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, for approaching what will be the slowest time of the year here, because we've got the MLB All-Star Game coming up, but... Other than that, there's just really nothing going on. It's crazy because I feel like we're like in the busy time of the year because we've had all this soccer, which is a blessing. Thank you, because the summertime for us and filling our shows can be a little bit difficult. So it's been fun. For sure. I hate that we have to wait another four years for the World Cup, the Women's World Cup to come back around right. again. But hopefully this will kickstart a little more interest in the the game here just in the US as as we've seen ESPN has picked up some of the the women's league games starting next Sunday really so that's yep. exciting to see that maybe that interest is going up yeah no definitely and that brings us into let's get into our three pointers for this episode and talking about the first topic which is the women's world cup and yes the US women's national team They did it. I don't think anybody doubted them. They won back-to-back World Cup championships, of course, putting on a second half show to beat the Netherlands 2-0. So the women's pick up their fourth overall World Cup title. And it's just the way that they did this is what is most impressive. Taking out the host in France, beating a tough England team, and they did it by being 100% themselves. They have been this competent group from the start. They never backed away from it. They spoke their minds. They celebrated in the ways they wanted to celebrate and celebrate. And of course, in the end, all that mattered is that they got the job done. And so you look back at all that and you can't fault them for anything that they've done because they have created an identity for this team that represents the United States. What they did truly is remarkable for so many reasons. What they did obviously on the pitch and you even had little glimmers of looking into the future of women's soccer with Rose Lavelle and Mm -hmm. Kristen Press and the future is so bright. And that was even crazy that you can see that far ahead just from the depth and the talent they have on this roster. 
but they talked the talk and walked the walk, right? I think everyone was waiting to see those Megan Rapino haters or doubters were waiting to see her fall. They were waiting oh, yeah. to see all her talking go to waste. And I believe in her in the sense of she knew that she was always going to back up what she was saying. And I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think they ever, any of them, ever said anything that was hurtful or wrong. They said things that they believed in and they said it fearlessly. And Mm -hmm. then they went on the pitch and they dominated. The way they played these matches, all of them, was was pure dominance every step of the way. And so to not, I don't know how people can't love this team at this point. I am so bummed it's all over because it was amazing to watch, to follow, just even keeping up with them on social media. I mean, there was so much noise going on around them and they looked like they never, they never like bat an eyelash. It was incredible. Yeah. And that's just the makeup of what is a real team. And I say that with quotation marks because that's why I think you can't really hate them because they do it for each other. It's not an individual, even though Megan Rapino might be an outspoken one, all these ladies believe in what she's saying and they do it for each other. And I think that's the biggest difference maker. And you know what? They did it at a time that they had to do it because the entire world was watching them. So Mm Put yourself in their shoes. If you had a world stage to work on, wouldn't you try to address the issues you need to address at that time? I think so. So let's not hate on people for using their platforms in that way to try to address issues that need to be addressed, right? I loved it. And they had fun. Look, they always looked like they were having fun. They didn't look like anything was bothering them. They didn't look like they were ever feeling the pressure. They just always believed. They always believed. They always had each other. I mean, you even think, of course, the outspoken ones come to mind, but you even think of a Julie Ertz. She is a lot more subtle in the way she leads, but they wouldn't be able to do what they did without her. She was such an impact player on the field all 90 minutes. So... They, they all they all had a role on this team, and I've loved every minute of it. Yep, it was fun. So that takes us to now the chaos of the NBA finally wrapping up. It feels like the NBA free agency, Kayla, has just been a whirlwind. Finally, oh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Soap opera. <laughs> soap opera. Finally, Kawhi Leonard making his decision to join the LA Clippers – Kayla, maybe shocking news to some, maybe not as shocking to others. He signed with the Clippers, but he was bringing Paul George from Oklahoma City along with him. The choice makes sense, I think, from the human perspective. He gets to play back at home. I think it's crazy to imagine Kawhi, PG, LeBron, AD all sharing the Staples Center, when you think about that for a second, and it just in my opinion, made the Clippers a lot more relevant in the LA sports landscape. But instant questions for me come to mind. Does, you know, Kawhi bring an NBA title to LA before LeBron? Does, were the quick Clippers his number one choice all along? And that's why they gave away whatever it would take to get PG. It just feels as though overnight LA became kind of this new landing spot, a hotbed for the NBA. And all of a sudden I sat back and thought, Golden State is looking a little more irrelevant in the state of California. Yeah, and currently, you know, 
this, I think, when we think about it right now, because all of this is happening in terms of additions for the Lakers and the Clippers. And then you see the subtractions that have happened with Golden State. And then, of course, Clay Thompson is out most of next year, at least until February, March. So right now, yeah, they're irrelevant in terms of what we're talking about. But let's speak about the Clippers first and foremost and what this addition is going to do. First of all, they're always going to be the little brother of the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, let's just talk about that first and foremost. It's just what, how it is, right? But with saying that, when you get two guys that are coming back home, because Paul George is also a Southern California native, mm-hmm. you got two guys that are coming back playing in, in a place where they grew up. And here's kind of what the look of the team is. You got the league's premier two-way players, and then they join what I think is an already good rotation you got Lou Williams the top bench scorer in the history of the league you've got Montrez Harrell he's a ferocious post presence and then you have Patrick Beverly a defensive minded guard you add these two superstars I think you got something cooking there with the Clippers you do and that's why that first question came to mind do the Clippers get a title before LeBron that would be insane but I'm I'm kind of here for the drama to find out because yeah the other thing that the other question that came to mind, so many questions really are running through my head is, you know, in the NBA, it seems that recruiting is such a big thing. That's basically impossible in any other league. You look at the NFL. I was cracking up. Actually, I saw someone tweet something on Twitter about how these superstars recruit in the NBA. And they said, if players tried to do that in the NFL, they would say, you're going to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Like right? it's just not, an, it's just not how that league runs but in the nba especially with these superstars entering free agency that's how that's been the story and so my question was why isn't lebron able to recruit the way some of these other superstars have like Kawhi just did i mean Mm -hmm. Kawhi basically who knows you know how it went on behind closed doors but he basically it seemed like said i'm coming to the clippers if you get paul george here with me and they did Yeah, and I think that partly is because that's kind of Kyrie's team, right? This will be his team, whereas LeBron has already put down a a foot and said, you know, this is my team in LA. We all know LeBron runs everything wherever right. he goes, right? right? I mean, we saw what happened in Cleveland. We, I mean, we were up there when all that was going down. He runs the entire franchise, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So I think Kawhi saw this as an invitation to be like, hey, I'm from Southern California. This can be my team. And he didn't have a problem with it being the second best team because he has enough confidence in himself. He doesn't care about anybody else around him. We know that. That he can just take over this team and does do what he wants. And he saw what he could do with this team if he could get someone like Paul George. And so this is what happens nowadays. I mean, it's like a pickup game in basketball. If you can yeah. pick the guys that you want in your team, you're going to do it, right? If it's if you can do it, you're going to do it. And so I think it's funny because we're just going to see this continue to be a fad here in the NBA. It's almost going to become like this huge competition. Who can get more? You know, who can recruit exactly? Yeah. Well, I think it leaves us just with the last point. I saw this question going around a lot on social media this weekend: is who will be the new best duo in the NBA? If that will be KD, Kyrie, LeBron, AD, or Kawhi and PG. I just think that's a super interesting topic to keep an eye out obviously that won't really apply to the season because Kevin Durant won't be playing right but going forward that is really interesting I don't think 
um, you, you know, especially even last season, it was it was Kawhi and a bunch of guys, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have he didn't have a duo. So I think moving forward, that will be a very interesting topic to keep an eye out on. Out of these three duos, who can who can get it done? Who's really going to make it happen for their team? Yeah, no, that's a good thing to look at. And I think one thing that points out sticks out to me in these three is, you know, LeBron is getting up there and I'm not taking anything away from what he can do, but we saw him get injured last year. Yep. We saw what happened and it you're not going to get any younger year to year. So I'm, I'm interested to see how healthy LeBron can stay this season. I think that will have some, a big factor on what's going to happen, be a big factor on what's going to happen, I should say. Well, Kayla, when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, PressPass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There is absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. So just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue that is shipstation.com and then enter promo code blue shipstation.com make ship happen joining us now for the assist we welcome cltv sports feed host and wgn news anchor and reporter josh friedman josh thanks for coming on Thank you girls so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, it feels so good to say that football season is right around the corner, just three weeks away from the start of training camp. Being in sports media in the city of Chicago, you obviously experienced a huge turnaround for the Chicago Bears last season. But before we dive into the league as a whole, what do you expect to see from the Bears in 2019? For you, can Trubisky continue on an upward swing? And will that defense be just as dominant, if not more, than last season? Yeah, well, Trubisky is the hot-button topic, no doubt about that. But I think just the excitement level around this Bears team, it's reached a height probably not seen since their Super Bowl run in 2006. Last year, winning the division, kind of coming out of nowhere with Matt Nagy, first-year head coach, Trubisky, second-year player, And the defense we knew was building, but the Khalil Mack trade changed everything. (laughs) We know all about what Oakland was doing, and no one really believed here in Chicago that the Khalil Mack trade could actually happen, and it did. And the Bears are obviously better off for it, no matter how many first-round picks they had to give up. So you add him to an already ascending defense, and you look what happened. It was maybe the best defense in football. Trubisky had his growing pains in the first year of of an offense that's very complicated, and it took Alex Smith multiple seasons to really get down in Kansas City. So I think the Bears' trajectory is only going upward, and even after a 12-win season, I don't anticipate them winning 12 games, but I think 10 games can win the NFC North. It's going to be another, I think, very competitive division. The Bears' schedule just got a whole lot better because now you're playing 
the first place teams, the Saints and the Rams, and you're playing the AFC West. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the defense, yes, they lose Vic Fangio, but you still got the thoroughbreds back there, right? You still got Mack, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, talking about three all pros right there. You have, I think, an ascending Leonard Floyd, who's going to benefit from Mack this year if uh, Floyd stays healthy. And Roquan Smith, another young player as well at the middle linebacker position. Well, the Bears winning the NFC North last year with that 12-4 and record. The division going to be very interesting going into 2019. On the topic of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, obviously a new head coach in Matt LaFleur, who I saw down here covering the Tennessee Titans. They only won six games last year, and this will be interesting to see with Matt LaFleur. There's already some rumblings out there that him and Aaron Rodgers are kind of butting heads. Uh, What do you expect kind of with them in the division this year? Well, you know, they reloaded on defense, which obviously they needed to. And the Packers' MO for a long time under Ted Thompson was, of course, not to dip their toes into free agency. And it's changed over the last few years, kind of catching up with what the rest of the NFL has been doing, not only supplementing your team through the draft, but also free agency. So, you know, sometimes that's that's dangerous waters as well. We know um, you could spend big on free agents, and they're free agents for a reason, right? So right. I think they, they added some, some nice players on defense. But at the same time, it's all about Aaron Rodgers. Can he stay healthy? That first game in Green Bay last year against the Bears, you know, we all thought watching his season was done after one quarter, mm-hmm. one half, right? When the Bears basically mm-hmm. knocked him out and he came back in, kind of like Willis Reed in the NBA Finals from the dead. 70s, right? <laughs> incredible to watch and very frustrating as a Bears fan, obviously. But he was never the same guy all year. And you could just tell his mobility was compromised. He came out, obviously, after the season and said the extent of that knee injury and the leg injury. So for him to just gut it out and play all year was pretty amazing. So if he can stay healthy, I think they're always a threat. I don't think they're better than the Bears on paper right now. And I think you got to obviously include what the Vikings were two years ago. I think last year was kind of an anomaly. Kirk Cousins, are they going to regret that contract if he's not the guy in Minnesota right now? And he obviously... Didn't look that way, fighting with his receivers on the sideline and arguing with them. So, you know, the Packers, I'm interested to see that relationship as well with Matt LaFleur and with Aaron Rodgers, just to see if they do have that that, (laughs) uh, friction that we've kind of heard about a little bit. And it seems like Aaron Rodgers, right, that's kind of been his MO, his way or the highway. And that's what happened with Mike Montgomery, obviously. Well, the NFC as a whole, I think, is very competitive. Like you said, the Bears have to face leaders of the NFC from 2018 and the Saints, the Eagles, and the Rams. Do you think these four teams, Bears included, will remain at the top of the NFC this year? It's definitely tough to say the Saints won't be playing with an added edge and that chip on their shoulder this year. Yeah, I mean, look look who the Saints have gotten knocked out of the playoffs two years in a row, right? It was the miracle of Minnesota. And then last year, of course, the controversial non-pass interference call that created memes galore Mm -hmm. across social media. So I do think the Saints, this team maybe has one more good run in them, right? Drew Brees Mm -hmm. getting close to, uh, you know, his final years, the way he still slings the ball in New Orleans, the way that offense with Sean Payton, talk about a quarterback and head coach relationship. That's a perfect turn, Right. right? So I do think New Orleans is still the best team in the NFC with the NFC North, we already talked about three really good teams. I think those teams will will be the cream of the crop there. The Lions, not really expecting much from them. The Rams, yeah, I, I do want to say I think the 49ers could be a sleeper team. With Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, 
I like the 49ers to win more than obviously their four games last year. And I think Seattle takes a step back. So maybe it's the 49ers as a uh, competitive team in the NFC West with the LA Rams. And then in the East, I mean, Gabrielle, your Eagles, you know, with uh, <laughs> a full year removed from his knee injury. You know, I'm just curious, what's the talk there? Are they fly Eagles fly right now? Is the uh, really, you know, all in on this Eagles team? It's always fly Eagles fly. I think there's a little bit of skepticism with Carson Wentz's new deal due to his past injuries. I think people think he's injury prone, shouldn't have given him that much or should have waited a little longer. I don't know. I I, I believe in him. I, I do because you, you can't forget what he did in 2017. And if he can stay healthy, it's dangerous. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, the NFL draft uh, drew record crowds this year in the place that I am in Nashville. TV ratings were through the roof. So much hype. You know, looking at that first round, there were so many rookies that I just enjoyed spending the week with seeing their personalities and, and what they did outside of football. Who do you believe will be a star from the get-go in this league. Mm. Well, first of all, I will say we had the draft in Chicago a few years ago. It was back-to-back year, mm-hmm. 2015 and 2016. And it, it is quite the event. They do a, a fantastic job. It was in Grant Park, beautiful park yeah. uh, in downtown Chicago. All the events that they have supplementing the actual draft. I really I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad that Nashville was a, was a great host. I was in Nashville this weekend, actually. Oh, nice. For, for separate shenanigans for my buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know those shenanigans. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, Kyler Murray, right? You got to start at the top. That fit with Cliff Kingsbury. I do admire Arizona just saying they're going to go all in. Two straight years with the quarterback. Josh Rosen, I think, can still be a successful player in Miami. But they fell in love with Kyler Murray. And I do think he fits what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do down in the desert. So, I'm excited just to see what they could do, right? They got some interesting weapons on offense. Obviously, you have future Hall of Famer and Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk from a year ago, the fabulous rookie, added a few uh, guys this year as well on offense. So I'm really interested to see what that offense looks like in Arizona. I do think Kyler Murray can be successful. Can they keep him healthy because he's a scrambling quarterback? He's he's great in the pocket, but I think he'll have to make his bones outside of the pocket because of his height in the NFL. And then, you know, you're looking at tons of defensive players that could be playmakers here. Obviously, I talked about the 49ers team that I think is on the rise with Nick Bosa, second overall. I think that's a steal there, yeah. getting him. And I don't know what the Giants are doing. Daniel Jones, the <laughs> 36 to get him. I've seen a lot of MVP talk for Saquon Barkley, which I don't mm-hmm. understand at all because, A, a running back rarely gets the MVP. You have to do something like Adrian Peterson rushing for over 2,000 yards. But the other part of that is you have to be on a good team. You have to be on a team right. as well. And I don't see the Giants at all competing with anything no. with uh, still Eli Manning in his old age trying to uh, do whatever he can to not get decapitated <laughs> back there, it feels like, with that offensive line. But Saquon's going to get his touches, but I think there are going to be a lot of empty calories there. So I just don't see the Giants yeah. you know, doing anything much in the NFC. Then Dwayne Haskins, I I thought he was the second Love him. Yes. Draft, right? So I think yep. he starts in Washington. That's a team a couple years removed from a playoff team as well. So I, I think Washington with Dwayne Haskins, that to me is an intriguing rookie quarterback situation as well. Well, Josh, it's been so fabulous having you on. I'm really glad you could take a few minutes to talk to us. For people that want to follow your coverage, you're obviously even in such a busy time of year right now because you have 
two Major League Baseball teams to cover in the White Sox and the Cubs. It's getting exciting in Chicago for those two teams. Um, where can everyone follow you? Yeah, it's been fun just talking football because we're so in baseball mode and there's the U.S. Women's National Team. Just got, yep. you know, their amazing World Cup finish with the gold. And you have the NBA draft, Kawhi causing earthquakes. So getting into football mode here, <laughs> it's been fun. But I, I really appreciate it. You can follow me at Twitter. Is Josh underscore Friedman. It's F-R-Y-D-M-A-N. And then uh, Facebook page, just Josh Friedman. Instagram is also just my first and last name. And then the page for the show I host with Jared Payton, former Tennessee Titan himself. Yes, and, uh, yes. He's at Payton Sun S-U-N on uh, Twitter and all his handles as well. So really appreciate it. It's been fun uh, talking with both you, Gabrielle and Kayla. Thanks Thank you so, so much, much, Josh. Well, thanks again to Josh Friedman for coming in for the assist today. Now let's go outside the lines. Kayla, this is a good one. We've all seen this going viral around the world. 15-year-old Coco Golf at Wimbledon. She is taking Wimbledon by storm. She took down Venus Williams. It's insane, basically. She cannot even legally drive. She is 15, and she is making a name for herself at Wimbledon. I, I, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's crazy because we've all been just over the years fascinated with the Williams sisters and what they have done for the game of tennis in in terms of women. But now you have this little gal. I mean, I'm going to say little because, like you said, she can't even drive yet. And she has burst onto the scene at the time with all this other stuff going on with the women's national team. So it's just another one of these younger you know, athletes that we're going to see grow right before our eyes. And I mean, she's just so overwhelmed by all the celebrities who are reaching out to her and it's really fun to watch. So I think it'll be cool to see her grow in the game as well, because she's 15 years old. Imagine the year she has in front of her. So it'll be cool to see. Well, the one thing that was quite disturbing for me this weekend is uh, the Reds throwback sleeveless jerseys. If you have not seen them, please go to Google and just Google Google it. Reds jerseys. Yeah. And so the Reds, they wore some like throwback um, 1956 vest style jerseys without sleeves. And I think that is something that we need to all learn from not to do again. It was funny though. I mean, the guys had fun with it. Yasiel Puig, of course, was probably the one that loved to wear it the most because he got to show off his his the muscles, uh, which we all, we all know that he is not shy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So it was quite the uh, attraction the other day just to, to get a laugh. I mean, sometimes I guess this is the things that you have to do to get people talking about you and God knows that baseball needs mm-hmm. some attention. So as much as it was like awful to look at, it was quite the topic to it talk was about. Really funny. I was thinking like, did some of them hit the weight room right before? Cause for, you know, their arms oh, are yeah. always covered. And now all of a sudden they're just airing it out. Yeah. Well, in baseball players, they're not always like the most no. jacked athletes, right? I mean, some of them can kind of have dad bods. So it's funny because they probably were thinking, oh God, we got to put these sleevelesses on. Like, <laughs> let's, go, let's go pump a few pounds before we get out here. This is quite funny. Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. One more topic I wanted to talk about quickly was obviously there's been a lot of earthquakes in the past week over on the West Coast, which is which is very sad. But it's affected sports immensely. And if anyone has seen the video, the Dodgers and the Padres were playing and they played right 
through the earthquake. Now, this earthquake was bigger than the one earlier in the week. And if you, the video that was going viral was of the Centerfield camera, and it was shaking yeah. up and down a million times. Mm-hmm. And to think these players just played right through it, I think it probably had to feel worse for the people that were in kind of the upper deck. I'm sure it did not feel safe to them at all. It had to be, it had to be really scary, but. It was crazy that the baseball players just kept playing on. Yeah, it was a 7.1 earthquake outside of LA. And you saw what it, you know, it shook the stadium cameras and everything. And the foul poles were swinging. And for a minute, players were kind of confused on even what was happening. And then it also had an effect all the way in Las Vegas, which I think it had an even bigger effect for the NBA summer uh, league games that are going on right now. You saw that they had to actually stop the game uh, as Ion Williamson yep. and, and the guys were playing in that. And they had to stop it for the night because it just to be safe, to take precautions. I mean, that's how much it was felt over there as well. So it was a crazy weekend in terms of of the earthquake. And all all I hope is that, you know, that we don't see that for a while because uh, that's a scary thing. So it affects everyone. Living on the East Coast, I can't really understand what it feels like. Obviously, I've never experienced one. But a lot of the videos you've seen on the news, it's, it's very scary. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Well, let's go straight into the knockout round. And I would just say that it continues to be a sports-filled weekend. Every time that we get back on here for a new podcast, I feel like we're not going to have anything to talk about because it's the middle of the summer. Here we are. But needless to say, we keep on just having interesting topics to chat about. So it'll be fun. Next week, I will be in Philadelphia. So. Yeah, we'll be working together on our new angle that we're taking for this podcast moving forward in August. So look for some fun stuff that we're going to be posting on social next week as we get together working on a fun little project. As far as subscribing, if you're listening on iTunes, please press that subscribe button. Give us a rate or review. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram and Twitter at PressPassPod. And our personal accounts at Ella Didge and at Kayla Anderson TV. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for rocking it with us this year. Uh, this year, what, I mean, this is this is how far ahead of myself I'm getting. Thanks for rocking it with us this year. All right, happy New Year, guys. Um, thanks for rocking it with us this week. We'll be back. Hopefully, uh, my mind will be back next week. <laughs> for another episode of Press Pass. But for now, you guys take care. Enjoy the week.